There's a big part of me telling me to go and a piece of me that wants to stay. What should I do? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with real recovery. Hey, Tyler, you ready to have some hard conversations? Let's do it. Let the Therapy Brothers podcast begin. Brandon, how's it going, man? Oh, Tyler, you know, just... It's just good. You know, when I get a check-in with you on Monday mornings, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, most most people don't look forward to Mondays, but man, I get to see those big fake teeth smiling back at oh, me. Man. Oh, man. These big pearly whites that our cousin Jeff hooked me up with years ago. I got, I got like the best, Hollywood smile now. Best veneers I've ever seen, man. <laughs> you know? You know what's uh you know what you know what you, you come here and you say it's great to see me on a Monday, but I know why you're in a good mood. It's because you got to go watch your idol for like the twentieth time, Garth Brooks, this weekend. Well, yeah, you know, I have to get my my dose of Garth every now and then, and, and it was spectacular, <laughs> like always. And I think I think I'm surprised to have a voice today. Yeah, no kidding. I think if there's any artist that's been more quoted on our show than Garth Brooks by you, I don't know who it is. <laughs> and that's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Tyler, should we dive in with the guest? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Um, this isn't her first time here, but we're going to get into some different things with, with Sandra today. So Sandra, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Um, if you could just tell us where you're at and what's going on and, and ask any questions, that'd be awesome. Okay, sure. So I think some of the background is that um, I've been married for over 10 years, um, and we were separated for a small period of time within there. It came to light that my husband had had an affair um, when we were working on reconciling, and it's something I didn't ever think I would be able to get through. And I really found compassion for him and, and we were working through it. And I felt really confident that we would, um, as we were working through it, he had, um, two more, um, yeah, two, two more episodes of, or instances of betrayal. And then most recently, um, he's had another and this, this was while uh, we were pregnant, uh, and I think that's been the, the hardest one, certainly for me, because it was actually happening real time, and I knew about it and was begging him not, not to do it, and he would tell me he wasn't, but I knew that he was, and so he was lying to me. It was just really challenging. Um, and so that said, everything in my head looks at all of this data and I just say, gosh, go, like none of this is aligned to your values. None of this is what you want. It just doesn't fit. Yet there's this piece of me, there's this small part of me that believes so much in him. I know that he's such a hurt individual. I know that he's such a good soul and that he has so much to offer um, and that's the part of me that wants to stay and and of course you know a really a really huge component of this is 
um, our baby. And so wanting it to work for our baby, um, now that said, we'd have to have a healthy relationship for that to actually make sense. I I know that very much. But so there's an, an additional pull of wanting it to work because of our baby. And so I'm a little stuck with, with what to do. Do you say more about um, the part where it feels like you're being asked to sacrifice your values to stay in the relationship? Yeah. So what, like, what are some of those values? I mean, a monogamous relationship, like honesty, honesty is a huge, huge thing. And, and being true to your word and, what you agree upon with each other and being committed to each other. Those are huge parts of my, of my value system. Um, and all of that's really being broken, I think, because there's, there's just no honesty. And that's so important to me. I mean, I have, I have such a hard time telling any fibs. I mean, it can be so simple and I have a hard time. Like, like what pies did they have at the store? And it's like, I, I would have to say all of the flavors rather than just like, oh, they only had two and this is why I brought the chocolate one home. Like, uh, it's silly stuff that I have such a hard time with. And then these are, are really, really large dishonesties. Um, yeah, and then I think protection and, like, loyalty to one another, those are important too. Okay. And what, what, uh, what values are kind of on the other side of, of like – what values of yours are pushing you to stay? Loyalty, believing in somebody. Um, I really believe like all people are good people. I really do. Um, my like deep, deep love for him. I think values of a, of a family system. Um, yeah, I think those are, I mean, maybe there's more there, but I think those are the, those are the big ones. And I, be, I do believe in like staying, you know, in sickness and in health. And um, I know that, that you're not always going to be with people at their best. Um, I know that there are, are down times now. That said, I never thought it would be something that we committed to and to break that commitment and those vows. And so that, that's really thrown a, a big, tough curveball to me. And then I also wonder if by staying in this, am I actually like abandoning myself? That's what it feels like with the value stuff of like, I'm not actually standing up for myself. So so I'm hearing this kind of conflict that you're answering with Brennan's questions where on one side you've got the values of honesty, commitment, protection, loyalty, self-respect that's pressed up against these other values of loyalty, believing in someone, love, the nuclear family, not quitting. And you're kind of stuck in this place of going, how do I, it, it feels like you're having to rob one set of values in order to satisfy the other is that yeah. is that right yeah 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 it, it also exactly right. it's also it's also really difficult because those values or your values 
And that's before we've even kind of started to apply those values to the actual reality of your situation, whatever that is. Right. So those values are there already kind of hardwired into you. And, and because they're hardwired into you, it's hard to have those things pressed on against each other. Now that you put yourself into a reality kind of a situation where, you know, you have to start deciding if, if you can keep the left-hand column of values with the real situation that you're currently in with him. Is, is he actually willing to work towards those things on the right-hand column? Or is he going to continue to do whatever he's been doing all along? And you can hope for those things, but you can't... You, maybe you hold together a nuclear family, but it'll be estranged with a lot of betrayal and not a lot of recovery. Maybe you won't quit, but that'll then come along with maybe having to sacrifice a little bit of your self-respect if things don't change. Um, so things as they are, if they don't change, is what kind of puts you in the bind. Yeah. Well, I guess if things weren't to change, that, I suppose, almost makes it easier because I think that if things aren't going to change, then there is no way that I could I could stay true to my values and the other values are almost um, I, I could almost get to the other values in a different way of like staying loyal to him as a human being and loving him as a human being, but saying, look, these are not the vows that we both signed up for. And so if you can't meet them, then that isn't the relationship I want to be in. So that, that like, if things aren't going to change, that actually, to me, I think makes it a little bit easy. It makes it a little bit more clear. Um, but the challenge is that he, does, he says he does want to change. He says that his values also are honesty and trust. Um, I think his is trust more than honesty, but I think they're, they're both, like, he wants to be trusted um, and respect. That's a, a big one for him. And um, so he says he has the same values, but then there's just not the the work or the repair. And I think that part of the reason that there's not the repair is because he has so much shame around this that it's hard for him to sit with me. It's hard for him to understand. It's hard for him to, like, stop you know, getting affectionate text messages because they make him feel good. Um, so, so, Sandra, so we just, we struggle there. Yeah. Sandra, I just, I want to just say a couple of things um, uh, um, and then kind of ask, ask you a hypothetical, but if, if he cheats on you um, and as a, as a result of that, your relationship ends, did he walk away from the relationship or did you? Um, I mean, I think, I think he did because they're very clear boundaries, like, and it is a true boundary of, of, and that's where I think I'm, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm abandoning myself. Yeah, I hear, I hear you with this fear of breaking your vows. And I think, I think you adhering to your values and your truths, um, actually align with having a marriage where you keep your vows um 
But when he breaks the vows, that's the consequence is his. He's not the one, you're not the one destroying the marriage when he's the one cheating. Um, you see what I'm saying? Um, you're you're fighting yeah. like hell. You've been through so much and you're still here talking to us saying, I want you know, I want to figure this out. Like you've done you've done so much, and he's the one not choosing your relationship when the infidelity happens. Um so so there's that. Um, the other thing I, I want to just kind of give you a scenario. So let's say my wife was addicted to heroin. Okay. Um, and, and just tell me what you think about this. She's addicted to heroin. She's spending all our money. She's lying to me. Um, she, she gets caught because we're almost bankrupt and I come to her and I love her and we have kids together and I see her heart and I understand her pain and I get why she's addicted to heroin. Okay. Um, So what should I do? Take it a step, take it a step Uh, further, Brandon, take it a step further. And you talk to her about it and you confront her about it. And she says, you're right. Like I, I definitely, I definitely want to change. Like I definitely need to change. Yeah, She acts humble. She wants to change. Okay. So, so great. So th- then I'm happy because she told me that. Okay. And then uh, a relapse happens. What do I do, Sandra? I mean, I, I think it's under, understanding, like, what is she trying to do to change? And, um, yeah. right. And, and if there's, massive, massive efforts and going to write massive efforts and there happens to be a a relapse. And again, then there's also the the thought of, well, what, what is the relapse doing to the children? What is it doing to the family? Mm -hmm. Because there's a protection of the kids too. But if there's significant effort. So, so how do I know you're good, Sandra, you're going down the right path. This is good. How do I know that that effort is actually her desire to actually get in recovery and change um, versus her going through through the motions because of me? How do I know? Oh, there's actually I don't know. there's actually two questions, Brandon, that you that need to be asked there that where Sandra is going because if we take your scenario. It's one thing to get lip service from your wife, Brandon, that, and she's like, I'm sorry, you're right. I really, really want to change. If at that point she goes back to lying, hiding, deceiving, and then relapses, the first question is already an answer was, what is she doing to change? Nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If on the other hand, she says, I want to change, and then she starts going to a meeting every night, and then yeah. she sets up dailies, and then she does some bottom lines, and then she like builds a team and starts getting a sponsor and then she relapses the second question is where's her heart in all of the efforts yeah is is it being done genuinely because it's an honest effort or is it being done because the arm is being twisted but yeah. i really my heart doesn't actually really want to change yeah and that can be tricky sandra what tyler just said can be tricky because if you're the spouse he might look at you and be like okay i'll do this and now i'll do that because it's in front of you but your beautiful this is a beautiful thing your feminine intuition can absolutely tap into something here and tell whether or not he's genuine in his own proactivity in his own recovery 
that he desires that for him. If you were gone, not even around, would he still work his recovery? What do you think, Sandra? I don't know the answer to this. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think, well, actually, I I think that he thinks the acting out is a symptom of not feeling enough in the relationship and so that he actually thinks that if I were to make him feel differently, then he wouldn't have the need to do this. And so that that's one piece that I think is important. But really, in terms really of his... Hey, hang on, can yeah, we like stop? Can we stop there for a second? Yeah. Can we stop because that's really important, yeah. Tyler? Did you did the red flags just go off for you, Tyler? Oh, dude, it, it, it. I'm so glad you're mentioning this because in his mind, he's that's that's the way he's approaching this, right? He's saying, as soon as you're my answer, then I won't have to go elsewhere to get my answer, which will be other women. Now, if you remove yourself and you end your relationship with that line of thinking. He'll get into a new relationship and he'll end up cheating on that woman because she won't be the answer and he'll need to get it from somewhere else. And eventually he'll just continue to burn through people because he's playing a game where the woman in his life needs to be his answer rather than actually getting the answer from the true source. Yeah. Let me interpret what what your husband is saying. Tyler just said it, but I'll I'll do it. I'll dumb it down. <laughs> I consume Thank women. You. I consume women for my self-worth. And I need you to validate me to give me my self-worth. You don't validate me enough. And this is the gaslight piece of it. And he's uh, he's sincerely, genuinely gaslighting you. Do you understand what and, I mean by and that? And he's doing it believing that this is how he has to get his answers. That's what I mean. He's sincere in it. Yeah. And it's a gaslight still. Because it's it's, I consume women for my self-worth. You don't give me enough validation, Sandra. And so therefore I go find it elsewhere. Um, if I went to my wife and I said to her, Hey, I just went and had sex with that other woman because you got mad at me last week and you didn't give me enough validation. I hope she divorced me on the spot. Um, like I hope she'd be like, I'm done. Like, like I, I respect myself enough to not take that on. Like I could have said the meanest things to you possibly. That doesn't give you a right to go cheat on me right? Do, do you see what I'm saying? But if you buy into yeah. that some, right? Do you see what, what are you thinking, Sandra? No, I'm just thinking that like, that's, I mean, that is what's happened. It's like, I would get really angry and I would not be kind when I would find out that he lied to me and actually went and had drinks with her. Um, and, and then based on my being angry and that being really difficult for him to handle and because it made him feel bad, he would then go back. He justify the affair. And do like and he would use yes, he would use that as like the justification of, oh well, if my wife was a bitch to me, then then like of course or like of course I should go um and sleep with this other woman again or do whatever it is. A man who's grounded, who knows who he is would he go do that? Tyler, would he go do that? No, the, the piece that's missing in all of this is actually the accountability that needs to come from the inside out. There needs to be a commitment to some principles that you can assess, like you can assess in your relationship right now if there's a commitment to these. Because if there's a commitment to these, 
there's still a pathway to healing in the relationship. If there's not a commitment to these, then then you're going to be hitting some brick walls. And one of them is accountability. I'm the one who's gone out regardless of my situation and broken the marital vows that I said I was going to be signed up for. I'm the one who's also chosen to break what I say is one of my values of my integrity, which means that I do what I say I'm going to do and I don't lie, right? I need to now come out from the hiding of it all. I need, as a as a way of getting into recovery, the first step is accountability and that's paired up with humility. It's it's laying down the ego, the need to self-preserve, the need to continue the facade, the need to continue the habits of lying and hiding. And that's where when Brandon asked you that question, like if he's doing all the recovery stuff, that's great. But but in the moments when nobody's watching, are you getting a sense that he's committed to honesty, humility, accountability? Or are you still getting the energy of self-preservation, hide, manipulate? Those things are the things that are going to help you feel whether or not the, the trajectory is moving upward or downward. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's absolutely the latter. I mean, the interesting thing is he actually thinks he's taking accountability because he says all of those things of this was my choice. I'm the one who's like ruining this. It was a hundred percent my decision, this, that, and whatever. And he will say those things yet. He also says the things of, yeah, but if you, but if you didn't get so angry at me, or if you just believed me, even though he was lying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have needed to do that. Or another thing is, I mean, so he's still, he says he doesn't have a relationship with her and he says that yet I know that they, that they still text and that's where I continue to torture myself, which is, is awful. But, um, yeah, he says they have no relationship, but they do. And then if, and when I ask him about it, of why do they, he says, well, that's the people pleaser in me. And I don't want to like, I just want to like, let her down gently. I just want to like, let it fade off into the sunset. I don't want to do, I don't want to hurt her feelings if I don't need to. And it's like, that's not helpful to anybody to like drag something on, even if it's getting less and less, it's just not helpful to her. It's not helpful to him. It for sure isn't helpful to me. So, you know, Sandra, I think he genuinely believes that. I think he genuinely believes that he's like a good person and wanting to not hurt her. I'd question that. Um, I think there could be some other motives and um, just because of the history and I, I think Sandra, I think that in a way, if you were to look at yourself and how you're creating this, um, you naturally, it sounds like, and it seems like you're naturally a forgiving, loving, loyal person. Um, and those are beautiful things. Those are really good things. Um, I think he's taking those traits that you have and playing you for a fool a little bit. Um, and, and that's the gaslight. There's a part, there's a part here that seems like it seems like it's your responsibility to make him feel okay. Right. And so like, I want to be loyal. I want to be kind. I want to hang in there with him. I want to do these things with him. And that sets you up for him to come back to you and say, gosh, if you weren't mean, or if, or if you didn't get mad at me, for doing these things, I wouldn't keep this relationship going. If if my wife went and had drinks with another guy 
I'd be furious. If um, if I went and had drinks with another woman while my wife was pregnant, I would hope that she would be furious, um, which is a good thing. And now if I came back and I said, how dare you be furious with me? Now I'm going to go have sex with that woman because you did this to me. That is so, so far from recovery. Um, even if I then come back and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I want to be in recovery. I want to be a good boy now. Right. Um, so Sandra and Tyler, you, when you look at the abuse cycle and, uh, you know, bringing up the word abuse, uh, the reason I bring this up, when you look at domestic violence, there's a part of the abuse cycle where the abuser is very, um, kind apologetic, um, humble, and that they, they, they show up that way. And it draws the partner right back into the relationship. Um, and, and then the cycle continues. It goes on again. And then the incidences happen again. And then the kindness comes again and the apology and the, the tender heart of the abuser. Right. Um, now, can can you see a cycle here? There's a pattern here. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What do you feel when I say that? I feel like I I also oh I feel really um I mean honestly I feel really silly because I'm I'm like a pretty strong person. I mean I have like incredible willpower. I have like a really really successful job. I like, but, like, but 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 Sandra, when, when you're I'm here, when you're like, told that your badass is the one causing the problems, your badass is the one making him cheat, and you buy into that some, you try to stuff that down. You you are strong. You need to be empowered. You need to honor that part of you that's raging inside of you, saying this doesn't work for me. Right, because you know you got it in you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm like, you know, the the frog that's been slowly boiled because if you were to ask my like 8 years ago, 10 years ago, any any past self if they would put if she would put up with this, any of this, like you said, even the drinks with somebody else, like even the drinks with another woman, let alone the incredibly hurtful situations that have actually happened like i would say no way am i going to stand for this and so like it's I, i'm just just i'm disappointed in myself i think for um yeah for for putting for putting up with this I think there's probably room for some compassion for you having been through as long as it's been the way things have gone and the patterns of dishonesty that have been there too, Sandra. It's okay that you're disappointed in yourself because I think what you're saying is, is you're getting back in touch with pieces of yourself that maybe you've been out of touch with for a while. Yeah, I think I got so um, focused on the fight through this, endure, um, you, you know, 
you got you guys can make this work and I got so focused on the fighter and fighting for a marriage which is something that I really value is like a committed relationship that I stopped fighting for me and I stopped fighting for the type of marriage that I believe in and the type of marriage that we agreed upon and committed to. I'm, and I'm, if it continues like this, which it seems like it will, it's just like this is nothing to model for our baby. Like this is nothing to model. And then we would just continue the, right. the cycle. And I don't want to do that. Like that, I'm, I'm so focused on like how do we make sure that we don't continue and perpetuate this cycle for our baby because his, you know, my husband's family has had like a lot of this in their history, um, which is why I thought he would never do it because he saw the impact that it had. Um, and so now I'm really focused on like, well, how do we make sure that our baby doesn't end up in a similar cycle down the road? Yeah. I, I, Sandra, I, I, I actually appreciate your emotion and appreciate what you're saying about, I, I feel like you're seeing it some, you know, what, what really puts it over the top for me is he is cheating on you still while you're pregnant. Like he's texting his affair partner. Is he having sex with her? I don't know. But, um, will he's like, he's so far from recovery. Like we're not even talking about like actually working recovery here. If that's what's going on still. And he he's still gaslighting yeah. you and making excuses and and doing that those things. I mean, we're so far from actual, truly humble self determination in his own proactive recovery, where he's empathetic to your pain and starting the trust building process. Um, and I'm glad to hear your reaction because you're you're acknowledging like, yeah, that that's actually true. What am I doing? these emotions that have come up inside of you around getting cheated on, listen to them. They're not off. You're not crazy for having them. So listen, they're, they're, they're alerting you to something. And, and the reality they're alerting to you might be painful and difficult to walk, but that's better than dragging on suffering and, and continuing to sacrifice yourself. Sandra, I think I heard some things clicking in you as you were talking just a second ago. I just want to maybe speak to those for a second. Um, are, are you are you uh, you Christian? Do you believe in God? Yeah, I am. I do. Okay. I'm just thinking of that Bible story um, with Jacob and Esau, where you know <clears throat> Esau has the birthright, but he tra- trades his birthright to Jacob for a mess of pottage because he's hungry and he can't stand the thought of being hungry for a night. So he sells off the everything that he's been given for instant gratification in some ways. I I know this is maybe a stretch, but for some reason this story is hitting home and it's for you acting as the person who I think is a lot of the other women that I work with in my practice all the time. And I feel like too often I work with women who are in the exact same situation as you. So number one, you're not alone and your heart is so good and you have these values. And what ends up happening is that over the course of time, 
you start to sacrifice your self-respect in order to keep a nuclear family or a marriage, even though that nuclear family or the marriage isn't even what you signed up for in the first place. And at the end of the day, what you get is a mess of pottage instead of your birthright. And you settle. You settle for something that was far, far less than you're worthy of or than you deserve. And and I love what you just said because I think you're starting to have it click here that you actually can still fight for the right kind of marriage by keeping your self-respect. You're, you stepping into your self-respect, into those values is an invitation for the right man, namely right now your husband, to either come along and decide that it's time for him to actually look at himself. He's taken one step and he says he acknowledges he's got shame. That's awesome. Where too many guys go in this is they go, well, that's my shame. I can't do it. You know, I can't do anything about it. Or you're making me feel shame. No, what he needs to do is he needs to look himself in the mirror and say, I have an issue with shame resiliency. And I'm going to have to figure out everything in my power to learn how to become more shame resilient. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to learn to be honest. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to practice self-compassion. I'm going to start doing this kind of deep work to understand why this shame has ruled my life so much. And if he were to do that, you could keep your marriage. You could have the nuclear family. You could have the birthright while keeping your self-respect. And if he doesn't do that, you will have kept your self-respect and you will have invited the right relationship, even if it's a future relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just used your line, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I, I want to ask you, Tyler, from what you're saying, though, at what point do you make the decision? So in one hand, like San Sandra's badass could come out. She could be boundaried. All that good stuff that's inside of her could come out. And then that would invite him to either step up or he'd probably be out, right? But at what point, like how patient should she be um, in waiting to see whether he's going to kick into gear? Yeah, well, I, I I think that there's some places that are kind of like the places where you draw the lines in the sand and then you take time and space. So I'll give you an example. And I don't know if this will answer your question or not, Brandon, so you can ask further if you need to. In my in, Early in my own recovery, I, it became very apparent that the acting out wasn't the real problem. My my biggest issue was dishonesty. Like I would withhold information. I would omit things. I would tell half-truths. I really prided myself in being an honest man, but I was far from honest, you know? And and that was one of the deal breakers for my wife. And so there were thing, times when I would be kind of like caught in a half-truth or a lie. And for Rihanna, that was like one of these deal breaker things. It wasn't marriage is over next time you lie. But every time there was a lie, it was, this isn't this isn't me. I'm not in for this. I need some time and space. And then she'd leave or she'd ask me to leave. And it would sometimes be a couple of hours. Sometimes it would be a few days. And then she would come back and she would say, hey, Tyler, I've been thinking about this. And then I would say, hey, look, my bad. I totally messed up. I'm working on that honesty thing. I'm going to keep working at it. And if she saw that there was continued work, she could lean back in and we could keep going forward. But if she were to come back and say, you know, Tyler, like, you know, I'm not in for this dishonesty thing. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not going to do anything about it. She would be gone. 
she would leave. So, so I don't, I don't know that there's a time frame per se as much as a gut feeling on the sincerity that's coming back at you around these principles. And eventually, like the the pattern and the history is going to line itself out. You know, if you get empty promise after empty promise after empty promise with no work or effort and no humble heart that you can feel, then you're going to have to make the decision that. Yeah, this, Sandra, this I is think you change. I tell me if I'm wrong, Sandra, but I I think like you you feel the humble heart and that's what's confusing. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. 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 The the humble heart has to be paired up with consistent effort and action and over time. Yeah. Yeah, so so the humble heart there's there's a humble heart of like, "Oh, you're right. I suck. I'm so bad." Like I and then there's that or I want real recovery. Yeah, I really do. I promise I want it, you know. And then I'm going to meetings, looking over my shoulder, like, did she see me leave? Like, oh good, good. Okay, good. She saw me go to my meeting today. Or there's the humble heart that's like, I got issues. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes. I'm gonna take the initiative to start working on this thing. And I'm gonna be the one who's actually gonna come forward once in a while and be like, I remember this. This sounds so stupid now, but I remember going to bed one night. We had this deal. We were early in our marriage, didn't have a lot of money. We were trying to track every dollar. And so we had an agreement that we'd share whatever we'd spend every day with each other. And one day I went to work and I forgot my lunch. So I ate at Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. And I didn't tell my wife. <laughs> and we got in bed that night and I was laying there and I was like, I had this guilty conscience because I knew I had committed to living an honest life now. I wanted to be honest. And I laid there until about two in the morning. She was dead asleep next to me. And I started to have a like panic attack because I knew I wasn't living with what I said I would do. And then I started to have my feet start to like tingle in my hands. I had a panic attack. Finally, I rolled over and I woke her up. And I'm like, hey, Brianna, I got I to gotta tell you something. And she's like, oh, Tyler, don't do this to me right now. Like, I can't handle another disclosure right now. And I said, well, I, I've got to tell you this. Um, I ate at Chick-fil-A today. <laughs> and she was like, what? Like, why did you wake me up for that? Like, that's so stupid. Like, why did you wake me up? And I'm like, because, because I couldn't sleep. Like, I felt I had a guilty conscience. For me to take that initiative towards the new path that I had set, yeah, that was like a dumb example, but... I needed to be the one to come forward with that honesty. I didn't need her to catch me three days later and be like, hey, did you go to Chick-fil-A? Well, yeah, it's those are rough days when you can't afford Chick-fil-A. So, hey, if, if you need a if you need a sandwich, man, I'll buy you one. All right. So um, but uh, another example uh, I want Sandra to hear. So same thing, like you're being proactive on your own to try to maintain that integrity and that honesty, right? Um I just started a new group with with men. There's 15 men in there. And we we were focusing on self-care. We were doing our daily charge, Tyler. And focusing on self-care, we were talking about doing our dailies. So just like little things to take care of ourselves every day. Um, I hope all, all the men in, in that group are like, sweet, I'm changing my life. I'm going to set these in motion and I'm doing this. And I know there's going to be some in that group that do that. And they don't care if their wife sees them doing it or or even even group. They don't they actually truly want better results in their life and they want to change. And so they're coming to group because they are ready. Um and then there's 
you know, sometimes the guys that are just like, yeah, I don't do anything. You know, I'll watch all the other guys progress and change and whatever, but I don't want to act when the rubber meets the road of recovery. I don't know if I'm in for that. I'm still in contemplation here. I'm not in action, not in maintenance. I'm just going to kind of like watch. And I, I, I'd i like better results in my life, but I don't want to do what it takes. Um, so there's that that place of motivation. There's this kind of ambivalent stage of like, okay, like I'll hang on to the addiction here. But yeah, I do desire recovery over there. And that's really hard when a partner is in that space because as the partner, Sanji, you you'd want to kick them off the fence. You're like, boom, like, please go work your freaking recovery. Um, but you can't, you don't have the power to do that. And so then it comes back to you to say, okay, this is what I'm feeling where he's at with all of this. Now, what do I do for me, for my recovery? Um, regardless of him and where he's at, how do I protect myself? How do I show up for my children, my future children as a healthy individual who can face difficulty even when it's hard, right? Um, so you recognize what recovery is. You recognize what real change actually is. If real change is happening, that means your partner can be imperfect. They can make mistakes, but change actually happens. If fake change is happening, then you really got to like step up for yourself and make sure that you do some very difficult things. Does that, uh, is that, do you understand that, Sandra? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. And the interesting thing is he's like a little bit in the middle on some of this stuff where like he's, he is, you know, super humble heart, really does want to change. And I actually think he recognizes that he can't do it for me because there was one of the episodes where we were trying to repair and he was just doing things because I wanted him to do them, even if he didn't agree with them. And so he built up resentment mm -hmm. for that, or like for me based on that. So he does now know that he has to do the things because he wants to do them. And so that is growth to me is like recognizing that and saying, and for him to say, I'm not going to do this just because like you want me to do this. Um, and, I, and I've tried to stop like coming up with things too, but that said, he also isn't coming up with any recovery plan. And so like, he's not taking initiative with, so yes, he recognizes he has to do it on his own, and I think that's incredible. But then he doesn't have the tools or the the strength to actually step in and do it. And so there's, it's just like, or maybe maybe, madness. or maybe the full desire to actually do it. There might be a part of him that's clinging to the addiction and wanting that in his life still, and and that might be a hard thing to admit. Yeah. Um. Mm. You know, so he, yeah, it's scary to let go of that. Yeah. That's oh, a, that, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, um, what I what I hear what I hear from you, Sandra, is, is that you're actually your gut seeing that. Then you're seeing that there is a little bit of movement forward, but there's all this other stuff going on. And part of what it sounds like you're getting is is that he's got a heart that wants to change right up until it gets a little uncomfortable, and then he's doing recovery a la carte, where. He chooses the things off of the recovery menu that feel good, but he doesn't want to do the the recovery things on the menu that are like, hey, set a real boundary with this woman. Not to be a jerk, not to be an a-hole, but like you need to 
you need to actually cut off all ties if you want my want to keep relationship with your wife. Um, go all in on the actual recovery process instead of just doing the things that that sound good or easy. Yeah this this recover yeah. this recovery is not keeping a relationship with you, Sandra. I hope like it's not about that. His like when we talk about going all in, let's take it all the way, Tyler. Right to to for him to go to those places of. You know why? Why is he turning to women to get his his value and his worth? He needs to come out of hiding because deep down he feels like there's no value or worth. Because deep down there's some trauma and there's some pain that is so intense um, that is not yours to to fix for him. Um, but that's the deep work to do. And and whether you stay, whether you go, he has he he has the opportunity to go do that work. Um. But that's scary. That's hard. Right? Yeah. But that has yeah. to be done. It has to be done for real recovery to happen. And I hope just for him to have a happy life that he that he does that sometime and steps into that. Because, you know, he has so much, you know, has a great job. Like, he has a bunch of stuff. But he's really unhappy. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And so I want that. I want him. And I, I see that it is this older trauma that is like bringing him down. And I, so I want him to resolve that. I want that for him, whether or not we're together. I want him, of course, to have a happy life. And I think he can. And I think he's almost sort of pushed himself to like, well, I, you know, I can't have a, I can't have a happy life. Yeah. Which is normal. It's a form of denial. We call hopelessness and helplessness that we all get to from time to time. But deep inside of him, just like inside of every other person, there's goodness that will always try to find its way to the top again. Um, mm-hmm. Sandra, we're we're just we're getting a little bit short on time. Um, Tyler, your... Tyler, can can I just make a, a comment right here before yeah. you say, what you, like Sandra, there's your kind, loving heart. What you just said. There's your forgiving heart. And that's beautiful. And like, that is awesome that you can say something like that, what you just said about him, that you want him to be heal, to be happy. And I really like that you said whether I stay with him or not, because, because, because you want that healing for him. If you let go of the responsibility for his healing, then you can apply the same thing to you. I want you to be happy. I want you to live in your truth. I want you to live in healing and recovery. And I want you to step up for you. Right? Um, And that might mean having some boundaries with him that lead to certain consequences in the relationship. And you can kind of, you know, work with God on that and figure that out one step at a time. Um, But don't let that kind heart drag you back into caretaking for him in his recovery Uh yeah that forgiving heart is independent of whether or not the relationship stays intact that's beautiful um sandra what are last couple minutes here what are your kind of takeaways from today and any last thoughts i mean this has been incredible it's provided a lot of clarity i think um 
you know, there's new ways that I've um, the, that you both have helped me to look at things. Um, I still deeply care for him, but I, I, it just is becoming more clear that um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really not standing up for my values, and I don't need to be the one to take ownership or responsibility of him breaking his side of the vows. Like, that is not mine. That is his. Um, yeah. But I still sit here and I'm like, I want to I wanna figure out how to support him in his healing, but I know that's sure. his, so I will. Sure. Well, you can do that. There's still ways to love and encourage, even if you're standing up for your own principles. So, Sandra, thank you yeah. so much um, for your willingness to come on and share yourself the way you did. I know that there will be a lot of people who will relate to what you brought today. So thank you. Sandra, I'd love for you thank to check you in both. with us. I'd love for you to check in with us again sometime and kind of see where this journey takes you. Um, you you're, you're strong and you're going to do some hard things and you're going to create good stuff in your life. So I'd love to hear about it in future. Yeah, of course, of course. Thank All you, right. guys. Um, thank you, Sandra. Okay. If this was helpful, guys, please share it. Um, this, you know, this this is vulnerable. This is tough. If you relate to Sandra coming on, um, write a review, mention her, um, tell her thank you. Have a good day, guys. We'll see you. Bye.